the nature of the human infant from one's first breath is one of seeking. There is an internal quest for the soul and heart and breath to become serene or remain serene or find the thread of serenity. It is really a circlet of weaving in God. The baby is both within and without. The baby opens his or her eyes, their eyes out toward the world and <clears throat> begins to follow what the child perceives. And the quest in the baby is for life and the success of the life in heaven on earth would be a circlet, a necklace of pearls of every breath strung together and hand-knotted ties upon the throat of the baby's mother, the breastplate of the baby's father, the remembrance and honoring of the baby's two grandmothers, and grandfathers, and on and on into the past. And yet, from the present moment of the first breath of birth, forward into the future, in time, into eternity, throughout all space, every place or domain of home for that child upon the earth. Home comes from, domain comes from the Roman word domus, meaning a home. The baby's home is his or her body. Their physical form, the incarnation, expressing breath as life. Here I am, who are you? And you. And what the baby is really doing is breathing a circlet of life out to mother and father and elders and whoever has delivered the child, midwife, nurse, nurse practitioner, physician's assistant, physician, surgeon, expert, layman, laywoman, deified, or ostracized according to the tenets of our culture. And yet, often we have no idea, I'll ask someone, and, and who brought you into the world? And the person will go, I, I don't know. John and I have the wonder of each of us knowing deeply the individuals who brought us into the world. The last time I saw the man who delivered me, I walked into a funeral home in Santa Fe to pay my respects to his family. After his death, as soon as I opened the door, before I even came into the building, tears just came from my eyes, dripping down my cheeks, not with sorrow, but with an immeasurable love for which there exist no words. Every breath of my life is based upon the safe deliverance of my incarnation 
from my mother's breath beside Dr. Mulcahy's breath and that of his wife at home, Cece, praying for him. And my life, and I speak to you now almost seven decades later, every breath, a circlet from heaven through my mother and father, through Dr. Mulcahy and his wife and family, me, this is who I am. I am of their breath incarnate. How could I ever be separated from them? I cannot be. And so what occurs when we're born <clears throat> is we leave the great mystery of how our mother is breathing. My mother is breathing. Oh. And now I am born of her, through her, by my father's cells in her so that I am of the breath of both of them and yet I come forward I take my first breath I am their child yet of them this is the the thread upon which the pearls of our lives are strung my mother my father ah myself so the circlet of the great mystery is one of the most ineffable beauties of reality. And I find that I know almost no one who lives from that place, and it confuses me. So I think these next few months will be with this. It's early springtime here, late winter, where I abide in Texas. The same for my siblings in the northeastern United States. My <clears throat> brother Peter sent me a beautiful photograph from our cottage in the Finger Lakes, his home, and his little puppy was sitting on the dock, and the lake isn't frozen, although it's winter there. So the mood is winter to spring. Here in Texas, things are much more green. I'm in a much more southern climate of North America. So there is more of a springtime mood, yet on this same day, here we are siblings, born of the same mother, delivered by the same physician, seven years apart from one another, breathing side by side with no dissonance between us through our mother or our father or the physician who delivered us. So almost never is there dissonance between my brother and myself. And if there ever has been, it tends to fall away. There's no knot between us. We are so blessed. And you feel that when I speak of it. One's own breath goes, oh, wish I had a brother like that, or a sister, or a mother, or a father, or a physician. Well, we do in relationship. There is a quintessentially beautiful phrase used in the Plains tribes of North America, amitakweasan, meaning all my relations. <clears throat> what it really means is I am of that breath through which I am breathing and experiencing that all of life is in relationship the circlet, the unbroken thread. It never was broken. One can be arrogant enough to think that one's mind is so astute 
that it could break the thread of life, but it really is so insignificant, the intelligence of your mind. It's just nothing. And we think it's everything. Did you get an A plus? Did you at least pass the exam? Rarely do we say, my son, you've come home safely from school breathing. Oh, we are breathing together. We are so blessed. See, let us begin there. Then we know in the next breath how to be on our path in life as a circlet. So a circlet is an old word, <clears throat> and it refers to the way in which humans adorn themselves. One of the studies I followed from when I was very young is the enjoyment of ancient cultures. My father celebrated history, and he would come home with great stories, and he was a masterful storyteller. He would come in and tell me some wonderful story of a heroic figure. And I would turn to a book that he and my mother would have given to my older brother Michael, my late brother Michael, and, and myself, and there would be these splendid pictures in it, drawings or photographs or figures of sculptures and paintings, and he would show me a figure from an ancient culture. And I might notice the hair and the face drawn, and then a circlet, a bracelet on the upper arm or wrist of the figure. Or I might notice something different, sandals or a mountain or the grasses or the clouds. But for today, I am coming to a circlet because it brings us into the domain of the human body and how we seek to understand our relationship to moment-to-moment -moment life. And so when I was a tiny girl, my great-aunt Beatrice, whom I adored, and my great-uncle Arthur, her husband, whom I adored, Arthur Sterling Halpin. They went to Mexico on a journey, and they sent a package to me with a beautiful letter. I would say I was probably between three and five years of age. And my mother, I can remember, was relatively astonished opening the package and saying, you know, this is, Betsy, this is for you. It was a little handmade sterling silver bracelet. Very beautiful. It fit me perfectly. I wore it for years, and then I gave it to someone whose child could wear it because it was a child's bracelet. And she wrote to me about their trip. It was about four pages long, two beautiful pieces of ladies' stationery, front and back, and then signed, you know, Aunt Beatrice. Aunt Bede, B-E-D-E was her nickname. And she never spoke to me as if I were less than her great niece as a peer whom she was mentoring as a matriarch, as a maternal figure beside my my mother and my two grandmothers. She was my grand my father's mother's sister. So she wrote about the journey, what they loved about it, the bracelet they had found, and when she'd seen it she had known, I want this for Beth. And so she purchased it and sent it with a letter. But what my mother was most astonished at <clears throat> is the way in which Beatty was in communication with me and with my mother who read the letter to me. The breath of my great aunt's living prayer and gesture into this physical world 
has rendered my wrist and my body and my breath and my life protected in her prayers, loved in the countenance of every look and thought and word and gesture from her life. And so I'm of her and of my great uncle. And I'm aware with such gratitude, the circlet, the circle of life in the little bracelet was, didn't go fully around the wrist. It went about 80% the way a certain bracelet will fit over the wrist so that it stays on the wrist, but is neither too loose nor too tight. And so <clears throat> we are like that in our lives. We come down from heaven, and yet we are going through a circle back. Some moment will be one's last breath. And the living prayer and causation and thought and expression of human being, one is. And where one abides on the earth at that moment and what is all around one will be of a grace-filled life in that moment or it will be a reaction against everything and pulling at everything as if we possessed it and used it as a weapon against each other or in domination over one another and none of it will go with us back into the circling into heaven. So we are just like the suppleness of that little silver bracelet on my wrist. Here I am of heaven, breathing, adorned with blessing, whatever color my eyes are, my hair, my skin, the temperament of my culture and the almond shape or roundness or wideness of my eyes or slenderness of them. If I'm Yipikaskame, I would have no eyelashes. I might be Eastern European with very profound eyelashes or deep colored eyes and high cheekbones. I might be Hopi and have a beautiful rounded face incredibly soft colored skin, as gentle as the desert. And so what happens to most of us is rather than being an adornment of God, adorning heaven on earth as blessing, most of us hide that and armor it or push it away rather than embodying the principle of the reality of the incarnation we are. So if we could practice being that embodied circlet, breath to breath, perception to perception, moment to moment, with every single being we encounter, we are embodying heaven on earth. It doesn't mean every person is kind to us. It doesn't mean we are perfect. It doesn't mean our life is comfortable or at ease in every way. 
But it does mean that our soul is. And our heart of hearts is. And our breath is. And it also means that we are calling one another to be responsible to this in themselves. And the most beautiful thing happens. The other person starts to experience home within themselves because that is our relationship, all my relations. I am in relationship to you with who you really are in that place of God from which your first breath came and to which your last breath will return. I'm not afraid of your birth, your conception, although that is generally very private, and the birth is generally very private also, all the way to your death, which is also private and yet universal. Ah, oh, you're going home to heaven. Well, hasn't every moment from your conception and birth forward until you go home, been one of our exploring love together. Love for God, in whatever we name him or her or that. Even if we're a secular humanist and name it as the universe or an altruistic principle of oneness, we can breathe in contentment and let one being pray with a rosary, a circlet of prayer, and let another being pray with a mala, a circlet of prayer, and let another being pray with a medicine wheel, a circlet of prayer, and another with a ziggurat, and open a an open circlet of prayer from the earth into the sky and back. And then the heart and soul seek, well, where is the enemy? Where, where is there something for me to feel I'll live rather than die to push against? And the answer is, there isn't anyone to push against. We are perhaps at a place in the human understanding of life to embody a circlet universally of all the world, of all of humanity. So that as we breathe and the newborn babe experiences mother or absence of mother and nurse or grandmother instead and or experiences father or lack of father, and physician or grandfather or social worker instead. We need to develop allowing that our culture moves from the reaction against a social worker, my stepfather, a bad doctor, not a midwife, a midwife, not a sophisticated surgeon, we need to move beyond those projected arrogances of the mind and ego, allowing that those realities were experienced on a temporal level 
in the incarnation. And yet that our incarnation is a breath of God, including that, yet oneness within everything into the great mystery. Ah, my father was not there. I wonder who was. An orderly who came to change the bed linens. I wonder what their name is. Well, they were breathing while I was born. And they were breathing and walking into the room and caring for my mother and me while she went through her difficult birth. Or I wonder who the nurse was at the cesarean section that delivered me. I wonder how she is and where her soul is. May I say a prayer for her? Oh, her breath and mine were in a concordance of heaven that moment. She bathed me or checked my vital signs and then handed me back to my mother in a swaddled cloth. Just like we speak of Jesus being laid upon Mary in a swaddled cloth in the manger. What was the name of the innkeeper's wife who delivered her? The breath, the life, of all of these souls is a holy family. It has always been our homework to realize this, and frankly, only this. Oh, I thought you might kill me when I was a baby. I, I thought you weren't my relative. I thought you were a problem. I thought there were too many women in the nursery. I thought that my mother wanted a private room but didn't get one and was angry with my father, and so... What is this dissonance of everyone arguing about everything? Couldn't they stop so I could be born? Oh, I can't because you're so much more important and you have so much more money and you're going to use up the world until it doesn't exist anymore. Just let that go. Come to the soul and the heart and the breathing. Allow the heavens to forgive everyone, all of our foolishness, all of the atrocities of our sacrilegious neglect of who we really are. And in your breathing, allow the dignity and humility of the next breath. Oh, of this great mystery, oh, all my relations were breathing in history. Our breathing now will breathe into the eternity of whatever life is. And I will serve that oneness in devotion and virtue as best I can. Then when we turn to another person, we are in a constant circlet. How are you today? and another person, and how are you today? And we find that we start configuring a quality of adorning the wrist of God, we might say, with the bracelet of our actions. So that through every cell of one's incarnation, one is virtuously applying the breath as life force 
so that a civilization everywhere in the world allows that a little girl, a little boy, a little person somewhere takes their next breath knowing in serenity that there is blessing, protection, truth, life, creation, movement into such a beauty of the art of life that he or she or they are a complete fulfillment of God. The circlet of their life from the first breath to the last breath of their incarnation and of yours and of mine.